Hey, welcome to Wayfair. This is Aaron. It's that time of year again, and we're back for another season as we journey through Lent together. Now, this year we're going to do things just a little different than before. The past couple of years, we've done a daily podcast throughout the season of Lent, and, well, I've lived in my basement, all alone with nothing but enormous amounts of coffee and spray cheese to get me through. But this year, we're going to move to an extended weekly podcast with what we think are the best parts of our previous episodes. So each week, you'll have a chance to hear some good music and a story from somebody at Central. From studying abroad in Southeast Asia and narrowly avoiding kidnapping to cleaning out basements and going dancing. We'll learn a little bit about each other and hopefully discover that we're not alone on this journey. We'll listen to scripture for each week and we'll pray together and remember places where we can join in God's work of peace and justice. So, listen to your heart, be attentive to the spark of the divine within you as we journey together. Jesus went to the desert to pray Out in the heat for forty days He didn't take money and he didn't take food Looking for God in the caves and the dunes Lord, teach us to walk your way shadow of death Lord teach us to trust your time though your road is a steep steep climb Jesus went to the desert to hear whisper you can't catch with ears Left the traffic and the industry Listening for God with the rocks and the trees Lord, teach us to walk your way Though we go through the shadow of death Lord, teach us to trust your time Though your road is a steep, steep climb Jesus went to the desert to see way of God and the ways of heat. He wiped his brow and he closed his eyes, lifted his hands to the sky. Lord, teach us to walk your way. the shadow of death. Lord, teach us to trust your time, though your road is a steep, steep climb.
Jesus went to the desert to pray The devil came by to try his faith Well, he wouldn't take bribes and he wouldn't give up Climbing his way up the path of love Lord, teach us to walk your way Though we go through the shadow of death Lord, teach us to trust your time Though your road is a steep, steep climb Lord, teach us to walk your way shadow of death. Lord, teach us to trust your time. Though your road is a steep, steep climb. Jesus went to the desert to pray. Out in the heat for 40 days Mark 1, 9-15 About that time Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River While he was coming up out of the water Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him And there was a voice from heaven You are my son whom I dearly love in you I find happiness. At once the Spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives, and trust this good news. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of Lent, I think of a season of journeys. We begin each year with the account of Jesus going out into the wilderness to a different place. And today, we're going to hear a story about journeys. We're talking with Mark Thomas. Mark and Lucy, along with their son Canaan, came to Central last year after returning to the area from Texas, where Mark was teaching philosophy at Blinn College in Bryan. Mark and Lucy have traveled to many places, and we're going to hear about one of those trips now as we begin our journey into Lent. Here's Mark. Lucy and I have been married a couple of years, and um, we spent nine months living in Singapore in Southeast Asia. Um, I was studying there for one academic year at the university there. And while we were living there, any any chance we had, if there was any kind of a break at the university in classes, we did our best to see that part of the world, just because we recognized that as a unique opportunity. You know, we may not ever have that chance again. So 
there was one break in classes, and we decided we wanted to go to India. We flew into Calcutta, had a guidebook, and had some had maybe one reservation. We had seen this movie called The City of Joy, which was filmed at this historic hotel in Calcutta called the Fairlawn Hotel. So we had made a reservation. And then from Calcutta, we took a train to this city called Gaia. And the reason we went to Gaia is because about 12 miles away, there's a little village called Bodh Gaya, which is where in Buddhist tradition, the Buddha is supposed to have attained enlightenment. And so as a student of uh, Asian philosophy and religion, you know, I really wanted to go visit that place. And that was an amazing place. After we visited Bodh Gaya, we went back to, to Gaya, to the train station there, and we were going to take a train from Gaya to the city called Patna. So when the train pulls in, we get on the train, it's like already, you know, three times overcrowded. I mean, there's just no seats available <laughs> whatsoever on this train. I remember we ended up in a compartment that had the bunks laying down flat. And so there was one upper bunk available with a bunch of luggage up on it. So we put our bags up on there and we climbed up on this upper bunk, you know, so we're like sitting up on the upper bunk in a train compartment, you know, and the, the ceiling is just like two feet above us. But we were just glad to, you know, be able to get on the train and go. <clears throat> when, when the train got to Patna, which is actually a quite large city, you know, several million people, um, it just stopped kind of out in this rail yard and everybody just started streaming off the train you know like they knew they knew they knew what was going on they knew where to go but we getting off the train i mean you couldn't even see where the train station was you just it was just like out in the middle of a big rail yard you could just see all these train cars around and train tracks and like where do you go where's the station how do we get out of here you know? and so we finally you know figured out how to get into the station <clears throat> And we were using this Lonely Planet guidebook and had picked out a hotel that we wanted to try to walk to from the station and stay in based on the description in the guidebook. And so we walk out the front of the station, and it's like a pedestrian rush hour, like thousands of businessmen just going home from work. So you just like step out of the station in this bewildering crowd <laughs> of just thousands of people, you know, rushing up and down the streets. And we're like, you know, it do this doesn't look like what the guidebook described. <laughs> you know? How do we, this hotel is supposed to like be in sight just right across from the train station. You know? What do we do? And so we're standing there on the sidewalk, you know, trying to decipher the directions in the guidebook to how to, you know, follow the streets to get to this hotel. And this man stops uh, who speaks English to try to figure out what's going on. You know, can I help you somehow? So he starts acting very friendly and helpful and uh, ends up um, volunteering to take us uh, to, the, uh, to the hotel. 
Um, and then we kind of explained to him, you know, our itinerary, where we're going to go the next day, cross into Nepal, take a bus to go do that, and so on and so forth. So he takes us by this little uh, agency where you can buy the bus tickets. And um, in India, there's this kind of a traditional method of transportation called a cycle rickshaw, which is like a bicycle with a big seat mounted on the back of the frame. It's pretty common in India. And so we're going to get into these these, uh, cycle rickshaws to go then to the hotel. And um, because of our luggage and because this guy is now kind of tagging along with us, we all, the three of us with our luggage, can't fit into one. So we're going to have to take two of them. I don't know why. I don't know how. But somehow or other, you know, he convinces Lucy and me that I should ride in this one here with the luggage and he should ride in the one in front of us with Lucy. Okay, we're going to take a break there for just a moment and we'll be back in a few minutes with the rest of Mark's story. But right now, we're going to hear some music. Today, we're going to hear music from Matt and Christy Gabbard. Christy teaches German and ESL at Dunbar High School, and she's also a deacon here at Central. Matt is an advertising coordinator and a pilot with Airmart. Here's Matt and Christy. Egypt, me 
public I may not appreciate it Is that the reason behind all this time in sand? And if it comes too quick I may not recognize it Is that the reason behind all this time in sand? Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the news cycle and forget that there's also good news happening all around us. Here's a place that's bringing good news to our community. Lexington Habitat for Humanity is celebrating 30 years of building homes, communities, and hope. Habitat lives out its vision that everyone has a decent place to live with its traditional home buyer program, which has provided almost 450 low-income families the opportunity to build and buy their own homes. They also serve Lexington with the Love Your Neighborhood program, which provides home repairs. This program has helped over 75 low-income homeowners preserve their homes, reduce their costs, and age in place. Love Your Neighborhood also supports neighborhood and public projects, cleaning up streets and improving community parks. Lexington Habitat's global engagement has supported over 400 families internationally, with current funds supporting orphans and vulnerable groups in Malawi. With Habitat, what we see is lives changed. Families come to us and they have a home, but what they don't have is a decent place where they can create and build that home for their families. And that's true for our home buyers. It's true for the families who come to us who've lived in their homes for many years and are aging and want to stay in those homes. One of the most rewarding things is to watch the smiles and the tears that come from those families who now have strength and self-reliance through shelter that they did not have before. For more information on services or how to support Habitat's ministry, visit LexHabitat.org or call 859-252-2224. Okay, so we're ready to go back to our story with Mark Thomas. Mark and Lucy were traveling abroad in Southeast Asia and had made their way to India and were about to get into two separate cycle rickshaws with the help of a guide that they had just met. Let's see what happens. And so, you know, we kind of throw the bags in this one, and I'm climbing this one, and he jumps into this other one with Lucy. They disappear into the crowd. Right as they disappear into the crowd, this other Indian man comes walking up, and this other man says, do you know that man? And I said, well, you know, we just met him about 30 minutes ago, and he's helping us find our way to our hotel. And he says, you should be very, very careful. And off they go into this crowd, you know, and just disappear into this crowd. At that instant, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to see Lucy again. You know, what what have I just done? You know, (laughs) this is awful. (laughs) Disaster. You know, well, the drivers, the cyclists of these cycle rickshaws, they knew what was going on. So this driver I had was just amazing. He found them. And we were, they were going around this roundabout. And then we got separated again in the crowd. But then he found them again. So he managed, you know, to like stick with them in this, in this crowd. And it ended up being okay. You know, we, we got to the hotel. Uh, but there was just that, that moment of oh just gosh. total abject 
terror where I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm here I am, <laughs> you know, in this Patna, India. Uh, we've just shown up. We don't know anybody here. You know, what if I never see Lucy again, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that was the story. Oh gosh. Um, I thought you were going to say that he got in with your luggage and then you never saw your luggage. No, but then no. it was Lucy, <laughs> and, and and that was so much more terrifying. And I mean, he clearly had romantic aspirations. Eventually, I basically had to just like tell the guy leave, <laughs> you know, because he just kept even at the hotel. He was just like right there, sticking with us. And looking back, you know, I feel like uh, we were, you know, fairly naive, just kind of diving in. Yeah. Uh, to the chaos of, of this place that we had never been before and, and knew very little about, but it was definitely an adventure. Yeah. You come away with a great story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out okay. It turned out okay. <laughs> so, so what was it? So, so when you think back about that time, are you glad you, you went and did that? What, is, oh, what, what do you bring back with you from this experience from India? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we did. I mean, and part of it is just, you know, the issue of trust versus caution, mm. I guess, and finding the right balance there. I suppose I still err on the side of being trusting. But, you know, maybe the gears kind of turn inside your mind and you wonder, but reserve judgment, I guess. Mm. You know, I, I should have been, I guess, a little more wily <laughs> about that particular individual. I was just completely trusting that he was had our best intentions yeah, yeah. Uh, at heart. Mm. But then, then there's other folks that show up, too. You know, this other right. guy who clues you in to right. what's going on. So. Right. And the cycle rickshaw drivers. I mean, I was, I just was so amazed and impressed at their skill doing this they knew what was going on and just was so grateful yeah that they were able to stay in contact with each other well thanks so much you're welcome Dear Jesus, Lord and Savior, we come to you imperfect as always. Our imperfections are many and buried. We are insatiable, greedy, envious, selfish, shallow, angry, lazy and judgmental. We come to you broken by loss and sadness, loneliness, disappointment and disillusion. Thus we enter this time of Lent asking you to guide us through our own wildernesses of deprivation and temptation. We ask you to feed our spirits as we practice self-denial. Teach us faith, hope, and greater love for you and our human brothers and sisters. We ask your forgiveness when we fail, your encouragement that we can do better. Please show us how to give, to care for the poor and the sick and the hopeless, to grieve and to act when others suffer or are treated unfairly. Dear Jesus, lead us through the testing of our souls in the wilderness of this earthly existence. 
As you say to us, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. We ask you to walk with us through this Lenten season and always, for we are yours, imperfect reflections of the perfect glory shining from your cross of Calvary, now and forever. Amen. So, well, as as we're we're thinking about um, about the songs today, what was it about these songs that that, that drew you to them? Well, um, painting pictures of Egypt, the line in there that always sticks out to me is when you move so much, because I've moved my whole life, and it's all about comfortable when you move so much. And there's been a lot of times in our life when we're heading out to do the next thing, and it's it is scary, but you really can't go back. Even if you try to go back to where you've been, you can't. And I feel like God's always moving us forward, and um, the wilderness makes me think of that. And even though he feels like he's just wandering around in the wilderness, there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of commitment. There's a lot of things happening, and he won't be. Jesus won't be the same after that, and we're not the same after our experiences either. We can't go back, even if we want to. <clears throat> When you think about the wilderness, it sounds like that resonates with you. There are times that you think of in your life that are wilderness times that you've experienced? Or? Well, a literal wilderness experience for us was the last five years or so. We went to Phoenix, and um, we decided to go in August because it's cheaper. You know, we trying to get away before school starts back, and it was a delayed anniversary trip or something. And we went out there August, you know. We found out why it was cheaper because it's, you know, 103 degrees in the heat of the day, and we decided we, we like going hiking, so we went out to a, um, a, a place where we could uh, to hike, and it like was... Like 12.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, we just, you know, we had one bottle of water between us, and we went out 12.30 in the afternoon, heat of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Not a and good we scene. thought it would be fine, because it said three miles, and we hiked that much most of the time. But it was, we, we yeah, so the, the, the map was a little bit misleading. We ended up staying out there for like an hour and a half, and, you know, it was... It felt like being in the desert, in the wilderness. Um, but the thing is, we a lot of times nowadays, when we think of wilderness, it's a it's a positive connotation. We think about going and hiking and going to be one with nature and being out, you know, in among the trees and, and nature. And um, for the for the Israelites, the wilderness obviously has a negative connotation, you know, and so. Um, Wilderness to us has to be more, I guess, you know, figurative, and and I don't think wilderness necessarily has to correspond to the major tragedies in our life, our lives. I mean, you can, you know, just a time of not feeling yeah. direction. I think. Yeah, exactly. You, you feel like maybe you're spinning your wheels, or you're in a rut at your job, or you don't have a job. You know, family life is is messy and and un- unknown, you know, what the outcome will be. And I think that's wilderness as well. Um, so it's, it's a time to seek God's guidance and, and find a way out of, of that particular wilderness.
Thank you.
Thanks so much to everybody who helped out today. Thanks especially to Mark Thomas for sharing his story with us. Thanks to Christy and Matt Gabbard for singing and playing for us. And also to Ethan Wallace for reading scripture and Mary Catherine Try for sharing her prayer with us today. Look for another episode next week as we continue our journey of Lent together. Wayfarer is a production of Central Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. A loving, healthy, and progressive gathering of Christians where everyone is welcome. No exceptions. Find out more about Central at LexCentral.com. This episode was produced by me, Aaron Austin. Thanks to everyone who joined in, and thanks to you for listening.